Oh, you know what I should do sometime is uh, look up headcanon reviews. <laughs> is anyone uh, giving us a review on headcanon? Whoa, we're up to 91 stars. Fuck. On headcanon, really? Yeah, we've got some reviews. Um, I thought the last time I looked, it was like at 40. Thanks cool. to, let's say thanks to Miranda Lynn, Patrick and Omaha, Nick Valencia, Ali Hellcat Forever, Bad Sad Dads, and Rock What You Got. Awesome. So this is how I know that the podcast has started, because you start thanking people? Oh, it started a while ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good, wow. to hear, good to see people are listening. Um, yeah. One of the things that we do poorly on this podcast is uh, make note of the reviews that we get. Oh, I just noticed yeah. that our, our podcasts on... Uh, iTunes here is copyright 2017 headcanon studios. That sounds presumptuous. It's also listed as clean lyrics for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, we'll fucking fix that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for people leaving us reviews. Um, should we start the pod now or did you want to talk about that Kylo Ren poll first? Yeah, let's talk about Kylo Ren poll. That's what people show up for is that hot, sexy Star Wars content. Just that that long opening before the song, huh? Uh-huh. I could even possibly refill my drink before the song, the rate we're going. Okay. So you, you had some hot takes about that poll, about who has the most game? All right, so remind me of who are the contestants, who are the combatants? So is who has the most game? Anakin, Luke, Kylo Ren, and Jar Jar. And what's the ranking surprisingly Kylo Ren won. I think a friend of the pod crystal commented that she thought it was just like people are responding to it as like who can get it, you know? Um, Cause yeah, it, it was like Kylo then Char Char, which is like, I feel like the protest vote and then Anakin and then Luke dead last Kylo had like 33 Jar Jar had 27. I think Anakin had 24 Luke had 16, something like that. I would tend to agree with Crystal that I think that that's how you could read into it. Crystal, who couldn't be here with us? Uh, yeah, come on, Crystal. Where are you at? You're supposed to join us. Ghost. Like, like uh, uh, Kylo Ren's, like, like, like Ben Spolo. I, I could see where people are like, yeah, I'll climb that tree, that angry little tree or angry tall tree. Um, but game, I don't know. I think you're, you're, game? you're talking about like in universe, right? Yes. Like in universe. Not, not, not out of game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough question because, I mean, like Anakin obviously had game enough to uh, father two children um, and was a total creep, but somehow got the girl. right once. Yeah. And his game doesn't really make sense. We actually see his game, though. Like he's, we, literally he's laying down track. He's doing he's begging for sex is what he's doing. Well, he's also creeping for sex in every yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> when the girl has to say, please stop looking at me like that. Yeah. And I'll say this for Kylo Ren. He uh, he knew to be shirtless the next time Ray Skyped him. Mm-hmm. That's something. He knew what he was doing. He, so you think he, he knew he was just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and like oil my chest for two hours until uh, Ray <laughs> pops up with my Skype. Um, he also he got some followers after uh, the uh, you know the massacre at the school. Like some people followed him, so he must have some sort of uh, I don't know charisma or something. 
don't know if you call that game scared? necessarily, but yeah, I was like, they might have also just been scared of him or scared, attracted of him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he, uh, he can slide on his little shoes into the or his little socks into the corridor there. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, on one hand, I have a question. I have like a a question, but then I also have kind of the counter answer. On one hand, the question is, can Kylo Ren fuck? We just don't know. But we've seen him just tear the fuck out of a computer console mm. <laughs> with his lightsaber. He's saying he's a jackhammer. I don't know what style that is in the Jedi lightsaber form of like fucking, but uh, yeah, he's well, he's like a small like yield nuclear weapon. I think. <laughs> I, I think one thing is for sure from the results of that poll, and that's that Jar Jar fucks. Well, here's. I saw like a brilliant read about why people respond to Venom that made me think about that the tongue. character. Yeah, that he's jacked and he's got the tongue. Jar Jar's got tongue, baby. Mm-hmm. I almost like I almost responded to you immediately with that photo of Qui Gon holding the tongue. <laughs> Luke, uh, I mean, Luke has got no game. Canonically, he's probably a virgin. He, Luke has been fucking robots he's he, been fucking he got I mean, the about, he got the peck on the about, cheek from the princess talk about moisture farmer hmm. yeah <laughs> he's still farming huh uh i don't know he got he got a few kisses from leia although they're really like well one of them was like we're probably gonna die the other is like i'm just doing this to get back at the guy i'm really into but still it wasn't even it wasn't even like that kind of like like naughty uh, Jon Snow, Daenerys Targaryen, kind of hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I care. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Luke. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Luke has game, and nor do I think he can fuck. Mm-hmm. Um. So factor that into your Last Jedi remake. <laughs> Have you seen that poster? Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> the best thing. I don't know if he caught it. I mean, there's there's two great details from the Last Jedi remake poster. Sorry, I'm clapping here because there's a bug in here. Um, the Finn wearing a fedora is amazing. Um, but then also Kylo Ren, <laughs> if you look closely, is vaping. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> yeah. He's like super shredder. Yeah. Genius. I mean, we also haven't talked about, I don't know if like uh, Luke is like giving himself a stranger or if he's like switch hitting, you know, when he's like taking care of himself with those like like nuns on that planet, but like, I don't think I'd want to masturbate for robot hand. I don't think I'm that kind of brave. Mm. Granted, he's probably got an affinity for tech. <laughs> I think you're worried you'd rip it off, right? Oh, 100% I'm worried I'd rip it off. Mm-hmm. That's a fair concern. Also, it's like, it's not, it's not like a ribbed hand for anyone's pleasure, right? It's just straight like robo parts. Well, you know, you cover there's, it with like wires and skin shit. or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> rip it off. Anyway, should we start the podcast? Some, some hand latex. It might as well. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we have gathered here this day to talk about, well, mostly the Netflix rom-com set it up, but perhaps a few other things as well. Primarily Zoe Deutsch. Yeah, it's gonna be a a Deutsch pod. I looked it up. That is a correct correct pronunciation. Brilliant. Here's the thing about Zoe Deutsch, you guys. She's perfect. Okay. Well, where do we go from there? Um, 
what are you watching? Um, you know, so I've I've uh, I've been out a lot lately. So I haven't been home as much. So I've been at night rewatching The Office, like actually rewatching like every episode from the beginning. Hmm. It's been a while since I've done it. Like I would occasionally watch a YouTube clip or a random episode when I was bored or I needed to reference something for a conversation. But I actually sat down and I started like rewatching from the beginning. Um, that show is like got some real early 2000s like uh, homophobia at the beginning, like not not making fun of it in the Michael Scott way. Like there's some there's some like just nasty Bush era comments in there. Is there? I, I it's been a long time since I watched it. Like what? Just, like 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 gay panic really, type stuff. Or yeah, something? like a little bit of gay panic or just like look at you, you queer. You know, yeah. um, which I kind of forgot about in a big way because eventually, like once Oscar comes out, we're yeah. more making fun of it. Uh, yeah. So that stuff, I was like, ooh, wow, completely glossed over that in my my memory. But yeah, it's it's weird. I've been rewatching that. What about you? Uh, well, I don't really feel like talking about Westworld. So the only other thing I've actually watched recently, I guess, is some Rick and Morty. Um, oh, okay. mostly just kind of for research, I guess you could say. Um, it's mm-hmm. fine. I I don't understand people who think this show is like like next level brilliant. Like, let's have philosophical conversations about it. I feel like it's about on the level of like Archer or Venture Brothers. You know, it's it's what an amazing. Uh, two, I guess. I don't know. It's okay. it's an amusing cartoon. That that's it, really. Okay, I think the Venture Brothers comparison is apt. Um, because it's not. It's it's, it's not all terrible. it's it's all in a different way. It's not like they're the same show or anything. But no, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's something about the style of the comedy that is reminiscent. Like I feel like the uh, Rick and Morty creators, like the Dan Harmon, the other dude would probably get on well with the uh, Venture Brothers guys. I don't know. Probably similar backgrounds, at least, you'd say. Maybe. I think the Venture Brothers guys are a little more polished, in a way. (laughs) A little less drunk. Yeah, a little less, like, slovenly, homeless, Mm -hmm. Um, drunk-looking. Yeah, Venture Brothers is a show that I just, I feel like we'll never get. Yeah, it'll never get the respect it deserves. I mean, it gets a lot of respect. A lot of people talk about it, but the problem is with its scattershot airing, it's easy to forget that show. God, I, I hope whenever they end it, I just hope they like sit down and, you know, it's an ending that's intentional and not just that Cartoon Network forgot to bring it back. I still don't <laughs> get the whole Szechuan sauce thing. Is that like from an episode I haven't watched yet or something? It's from the first episode of season three. Oh, huh, okay. There's a there's a big cliffhanger in season two hmm. about big Szechuan sauce. Show. No, okay. Szechuan sauce is like a totally a throwaway thing that a lot of like douchebags just run with. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Here's a, here's, I mean, Rick and Morty is one of those shows that eventually, in the way of fandom and this 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 era, like its fans don't really deserve the show because the fans end up all being pretty horrible people who Man, you would hope are not indicative of what the show deserves. I guess fans just fucking suck now. I think it's, I think there's probably a, a very large overlap in the Venn diagram of those kind of Star Wars fans and mm. Rick and Morty fans. Yeah. Uh, what do you listen to? Uh, the Florence and Machine, off and on, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the only thing I can mention is um, I was just listening to some Dentel, some some Postal Service OG. Going old school. You doing okay? This is the How dream of Evan and Chan. I'm feeling great. Okay. Okay. 
Good Just song. surfing on a dream over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, I am about to reread uh, Down a Dark Hall by Lois Duncan. Down a Dark Hall by Lois mm-hmm. Duncan. What's that mm-hmm. about? It's about, uh, if you've ever seen that movie trailer for the movie that's coming out later this year, it's about a bunch of girls who go to a creepy supernatural boarding school. Hmm. I, Which is I'm not my sure if I've seen. I might have seen the trailer for this. I'm it not. Uh, features Anna Sophia Robb and I believe Uma Thurman. Hmm. I may have seen a trailer for this. Okay. I, I, it sounds familiar to me. Uh, anyway, what am I reading? I just started uh, To All the Boys of Love before. I'm like seven chapters in. It's fine so far. Okay. Interesting right? so. So Janelle Parrish plays like one of the sisters. I assume she plays movie? the older one. Um, Margot, I think is the name. Who like is just is just leaving for like school in Scotland. So. I'm guessing she won't have a very big part. Oh, darn. But I don't know. We'll see how they adapt it. That is also a Netflix movie, am I not mistaken? I believe so. Everyone's got a Netflix movie. And speaking of Netflix movies, set it up. I like how you set that up. Before I continue to set it up, I need a drink if that's all right with you. That's perfectly fine. I'd all prefer right. you that way. Be back in a sec. All right, another gin and pepper locked and loaded. Well, you're not even there, huh? No, I guess we'll just talk amongst ourselves until Marco returns. How you guys doing out there? Hope you're having a good morning commute or whatever. Just Benji rapping at you, waiting for Marco to come back. Can you keep a secret? I know something. Oh, Marco, you're back. What were you saying? Nothing. Anyway, shall oh, we continue? Okay. Yeah, please. Set it up. Oh, what do you got there? Yeah. Uh, just drinking whiskey. I'm finishing this bottle I started, I don't so know, a couple episodes ago. Whiskey neat, huh? Well, on the rocks. All right. Um, set it. Set uh, it up. Do you have an opening statement? Spoilers, by the way, for this Netflix com- rom-com, which uh, I, uh, I think you probably figure out what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I think the trailer will kind of tell you what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, you know, so trailer is fine for this movie. It looked it looked perfectly pleasant. I don't know that I would have been as enthusiastic about like, yeah, sure, let's do this. Let's watch this. Um if it weren't featuring, featuring Zoe Deutsch, though, what's fascinating to me is I read they initially cast Amelia Clark in this role before mm. it was going to be a Netflix movie, which I just can't see at all because I can't. I, She's the mother of dragons. Time, yeah. I have a hard time seeing her as a human being who walks a contemporary earth uh, at times. Who takes orders. Um, though I, would, I wouldn't have mind like, seeing her like Boss Glenn Powell around. That would have been fun. But. I think this movie is absolutely fine. The uh, romantic comedy isn't going anywhere. I don't think this is like a rom-com for the ages, but I think it works well though. It kind of starts off very slow. I think rom-coms are meant to be, you know, of current of the time that they're released. And this one totally is. Especially since like 90% of romantic comedies these days take place in New York, but uh, you got a movie with very likable personalities and its main characters. It's entertaining. There's something about it doesn't fully click with me, but I would say that, you know, Whatever was potentially started so long ago, if like his girl Friday and bringing up baby is in good hands here in 2018, have set it up. 
And my last note, which kind of is, is topical as my want, as stupid as it is and cliche as it is to talk about it, like when we talk about like Tay Diggs, wouldn't he be a quintessential BDE? Oh, I have a very different take about Tay Diggs in this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm being half sarcastic, half tongue in cheek with that because he's throwing temper tantrums like he's Kylo fucking Ren throughout this movie. But yeah, I mean, this movie was was fine. It was enjoyable to me. There's a lot of handful of moments where I was like very charmed by the leads, and that's the strength that I that I think the movie has is its casting and in certain parts. So, all right, uh, yeah, set it up. I'd say it was a, a slight but enjoyable little rom com. Didn't go too over the top like some of them do. I didn't feel like it was glorifying any behavior that was too unhealthy. Uh, the leads are both engaging, and you mostly want to see them get together. Even if Charlie still does seem like a bit of a cat at the end, um, mm. Zoe Deutsch is an angel, and the movie just goes by on her natural charm. It, um, I don't know. It was it was enjoyable. It was cute. I feel like it just has this this indefinable essence that all Netflix movies have where it just seems like they just shot like the first draft of the script or something, you know, like it just seems like there's something about Netflix productions and this applies to really most of their TV shows too, where it just, it's like, it doesn't seem like quality is their goal. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm not like, what is the best thing Netflix has ever done? And I feel like it still feels like, it could have been polished. You know, what's crazy to me is I believe this was intended initially for like theatrical release. And I just sense. don't see it. it. I almost just don't see it. I can kind of see the, the general concept is it's like devil wears concept, Prada, yeah, but, but times two kind of like you have two horrible bosses and then like you put them together. Like, you know, I mean the high concept is more or less there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know if the execution just has to do with it being on Netflix or if it would have turned out like this if they made a movie. Uh, no, but that's, that's know, my point. Backing up, saying, I think execution-wise, it feels like it's got that production gloss that every Netflix movie has or Netflix production has in New York. It doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's going to fully climb into like whatever the pantheon of romantic comedy is. And then we have to decide how, how precious is that pantheon. But it just always feels like Netflix movies could be trying harder than they are. Yeah. And, and maybe they are. And this is just the result you get. I don't know. But there is just this indefinable quality. I feel like with all of them where it, it feels like they're like whoever's the producers are at Netflix aren't giving those like really good notes like you'd get if this was like a, you know, a Fox production or, you know, Disney or Touchstone or whoever, you know, <laughs> they're. They're too busy doing a racism in their meetings. Um, but also maybe like do one third less productions just so you can devote a little more time. Yeah. In the back end. Yeah. You don't have, I mean, I know we're, 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 we're hungry for content. We're horny for new shows. Like you don't have to give us that many. Give I'm us not, some good ones. I'm we'll not that hungry back. for it. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I think, I think Netflix will run that risk at some point where, Part of the charm is still like I can watch reruns of The Office, and I mm-hmm. I don't think people fully want to lose those old licenses. Yeah, I mean this movie. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's cute. It's really all just coasting on the charisma of its leads. Um, but that's fine. Yeah, it's I'd, I'd say it's one of the better Netflix movies I watched. Uh, I don't think we 
I mean, we're going to, but I don't think we need to praise Zoe Deutsch that much. I mean, it's evident she's perfection. But like, I think Glenn Powell is like with this and the other movie that I've seen him in. Like, he's finding his niche. I, I could see think him so. Although out I, a chunk of space I in the like, Hollywood estate. I feel like Finnegan is more his speed than this. I don't know. Okay. I could be wrong. It could be we're about to get like ten years of uh, Glenn Powell as as this guy as Charlie mm-hmm. Young here. But I feel like Finnegan is his name Charlie Young in the movie. Yeah, is that isn't that uh, Charlie's name on the West Wing too? Uh, I I remember it Charlie, but I don't remember his last name. He has a nameplate in one scene okay. that says Charlie Young. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Finnegan is maybe a little more his speed, but maybe this will, you know, get him the better roles. Apparently he missed out on the new Maverick role in the Top Gun sequel to, to your, your boy. I don't know. Did you see that? Oh God. I, yeah, don't even, don't even say his name. Mr. Don't Miles Teller. <laughs> what, what did they just say? Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, do you have any top moments? Uh, I have some honorable mentions to you. I have a couple. Okay. How many do you have? Two. I have two as well. I I will go with my number five then here. It's, it's a dumb moment, but it can't even make me laugh. It's just when Tate Diggs comes in and sits down at the kid's school play and he kind of leans forward and looks over at Glenn Powell's girlfriend who he's just had this like tense conversation with. And he's like, oh man, a lot of hot moms here. Holla. It's so dumb, but it made me giggle. So, all right. My uh, number two honorable mention would have just been the kind of like drinking session that uh, Harper and Charlie are having, like when they kind of first get the idea that they should set their bosses up, mm. drinking the uh, less than $200 scotch that Charlie has. <laughs> it's right. It's been a few moments trying to figure out who Tay Diggs is supposed to be a stand in for on Shark Tank, and I have no idea. Um, my my number four moment will be just the adorable LOL of Zoidoich in bed with like a baby Bjorn full of popcorn in front of her like a trough as she cruises through Tinder or whatever to find dudes that she likes. And then she <laughs> respond to them with this opening salvo of, uh, hey, any sports moments that make you cry? <laughs> That's quite a gauntlet. That's quite a Rubicon of dating the cross. <laughs> yeah, my number four is the uh, the trapped in the elevator scene. It's a bit mm. over the top, but uh, it's enjoyable. I mean, when he starts pissing in the uh, shot glasses, there. <laughs> well, I think that's also like a an early hint as to the the quality of these two, uh, you know, bosses there. Where even though Lucy Liu's character Kirsten is like upset and like like freaked out, she's like. Hey, this is a real condition or whatever. Whereas uh, yeah. Rick, there's just being an asshole. Well, Rick is is like an almost a completely unredeemable asshole. <laughs> I couldn't stand his character, and like not even like a, a oh he's so he's so dastardly. It's enjoyable. I just could not stand his character. I I like little moments of of just Taydig misbehaving comically. I think he's I think he's like got these like chops for comedy that I didn't realize because like. There's not enough Tay Diggs vehicles. Like, when are we going to cover Go for starters? But I disagree so hard on his comedy chops. I feel like he's so miscast in this movie. Okay. I I mean, like, the little moments with, like, the laptop, I would say he plays that off perfectly. You know, when he smashes it, he's like, oh, that's my laptop. And he's like, well, bring me mine. You know, the way he he paces Mm -hmm. over to it real quick, great. 
Uh, so my number three moment, um, it's a little moment. It just, it's just the, it's a, it's a little sequence that leads to a scene between like Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell as they're like letting each other know that Rick and Kirsten need to contact each other as they're like kind of cementing this, this deal that they've got or this manipulation. Like Rick needs to call Kirsten right now. She needs to be called and Kirsten needs to get a bikini wax before she gets with Rick. And then so it leads to this conversation, I think, in the elevator where like Zoe so, you know, goes into her whole thing about how all ladies have coffee and they talk about the waxing and the cyclical nature of Merkins. Um, it's not like the best written scene, but I just enjoy these two kind of characters vibing off each other and riffing. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the best scenes in this movie are just the two leads, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, my number three is the kind of semi meet cute over the delivery order there where... Mm. Charlie swoops in and buys her delivery because she doesn't have cash. And then they end up splitting it. Uh, there's like this moment where she's like running after him and she like, she does this weird thing where she like waves her arms in the air. It's such an odd, like body gesture, but uh, I found that very amusing. She gets to display some very like interesting, like physical comedy a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, I could really see her like going all out with it in a different kind of project. Um, my number two is the Korean barbecue fallout general sequence. Um, there's a moment there. It's, it's the laptop stuff follows that, but um, there's a, it's in the trailer. So you've seen it, but like, if you haven't watched the movie, but like, there's a moment where Lucy Lou's explaining it to like Zoe Deutsch and she's Zoe Deutsch, like finally responds with like, yeah, he sucks. And then Lucy Lou responds immediately with, I'm worried that your abrasive demeanor will hinder you in the workplace. And it's like the one time she gets to, I feel like do like a different kind of, comedy um than the kind of devil wears prada meryl streep uh mm-hmm. abrasive boss that she's like she doesn't get to have the fun i think that tay Diggs' character is attempting to have at least yeah what are we on number two here yeah uh i put the uh the pizza run where they go to get pizza and end up climbing up a fire escape mm-hmm. ladder into his room and it's that moment where you can tell oh, maybe they might be into each other and then she's got to get out of there, you know, it's getting too real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, this is the best meal ever. That whole thing. This is a nice moment. Also climbing a, a ladder with a box of pizza. That's, that's, that's admirable. That's, that's admirable. Very skilled. Uh, I would have broken my fucking shoulder or my leg or both. I wouldn't have done that. I, I would have just like, tip the pizza over you know to one side i'm sure like keeping it level that was what i was impressed by i think i would have i would have spent a few moments considering okay you go up the ladder and i just frisbee it up to you Mm. you know we take our chances well i mean okay it's tipping to one side all the cheese and whatever you're you're burning your bridge no matter what you do Uh, my number one is just Lloyd deutsch and glenn powell when they're dancing at becca's the wedding engagement party um and he's kind of explaining to her, like, his his dance style is, the trick is to pretend like you're paralyzed, and then suddenly let the feeling back into your body, which is how you dance, it's how you fall in love. Uh, they kind of talk a little bit about Rick and Kirsten's endgame, you know, they've had, like, time to, like, not really like anything about each other yet. And it's a, kind of the start of these two, of, like, melting the the certain kind of sheen that they have between them, and, like, actually recognizing each other as as... Like like in the same scene, like kind of really re- regarding each other as like romantic, I don't know something or other, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel their their chemistry in a way you hadn't before. If you haven't before, you corpse. Uh, and then she kind of like she coldly shuts him down of just you know of all his flaws. He's been letting a twenty three year old walk all over him, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's just like, 
wear your sunglasses. <laughs> that, moment. That, that moment worked for me pretty good. Yeah. Uh, my number one was the, it's not the most romantic moment in the movie, but when they're arguing in the jewelry store, I just, mm. I don't know. I enjoyed her calling this dude out a little bit on uh, his lack of character. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and she's like, oh, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, the alarm goes off. I like that she brings it up at the very end as they're like getting together. Like she brings it up. She kind of throws it at him again. I mean, it's like a little more playful. She's like clearly like not as angry as she was before, but they're going to make a sequel to this movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Netflix is what? playing it. I, I have no idea. I have no like, idea. I don't know. What now set they're it up successful to. and they have their own assistants that they have to set up. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Set it up, set it down. Um, yeah. All right. Well, any complaints? Uh, I I think kind of like you said. I think a, a pass could be done throughout the script, sharpening it a little bit. Or and I, it just it started very slow to me. It took a while before I really grew to love it. Or you know, like the rest of the movie got out of Zoe Deutsch's way for her to charm the hell out of the audience. Um, it, it just it. It was it was enjoyable. It just it felt very minor. Felt very slight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a big complaint, which is that the title is terrible. What kind mm. of rom com name is set it up? Oh, guess that was the best you could do. Seriously, what would you call it? I have no idea. Not set okay. it up. It just okay. that doesn't sound nothing. Nothing about set it up sounds romantic to me. <laughs> it's not like it's not like a play on words or a turn of phrase or anything like that. It's just like set it up. Okay, that's a rom com. Sure. Okay. Am I wrong? Do you disagree? Uh, Do you like the title? No, I don't love the title, but it is what it is. Um, so should we get into our general discussion? I mean, I can just Google famous rom coms right now and look at some of the titles. You know. When okay. Harry Met Sally, Clueless, Pretty Woman, Ten Things I Hate About You, Love Actually, My Best Friend's Wedding, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Crazy Stupid Love. Like these are all like real titles, and set it up is just like that's it. That's what you came up with while you were sleeping. You know, The Princess Bride. That's not really rom com. What do you? I don't know. Google. This movie made algorithm. me kind of think a little bit about what's the one. With Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. Is that Friends with Benefits? Friends with Benefits, yeah. It made me think about that one a little bit, possibly the New York setting and like the 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 twenty somethings who were all like working in some kind of high powered office in, in New York. Um which is where a lot of romantic comedies take place now. But isn't there like some kind of like fake romantic comedy movie playing throughout that one that they keep watching? There might be, yeah. It's been a while. Like, I just kept thinking, like, it, it could very well be set it up. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's just my personal fan. Other complaints. Um, I feel like both Rick and Kirsten could have maybe been a little bit scarier as bosses. Hmm. I guess Rick just came off to, to me as, like, an incredibly petulant child. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten seemed... Uh, perhaps a bit severe, but not un- irrationally so. Like no. she was, she was maybe like a little bit used to being kind of, you know, 
treated with kid gloves by her assistant, but she wasn't like outrageous or anything like that. Like the, the worst thing she does is like, you know, ask her assistant to get, like get her food and like stay there late and stuff like that. Or, you know, like wake her up, you know, with a gradually getting louder alarm or something like that. Like it's, she's not like absurd in the, the requests that she makes. I, um, I wanted Lucy Liu's character to be like, uh, she has a cameo in like the second season of difficult people or third season, whatever season where um, she's like a, like a publisher. And she has like one throwaway comment where she just mentions casually that like, God, what is it? It's something like she can't, she can't like orgasm about thinking about like crashing airplanes or something like that. Mm. Like I want her character to same. be a little weird. Um, oh yeah. But you same thing, but well, I'm I think if she gets too stuff. weird, isn't she basically just doing her Ally McBeal role though? Like, I guess there's a fine line there. Yeah, it's a fine line. I I I think in a different movie universe, she's the main character. I mean, what universe, I guess, because her and Tay Diggs are the older two actors in the movie, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a production that'll get greenlit by mm-hmm. Netflix. No. Um but like her character, I could see a different story about her, you know, and it's like in the beginning she she survives a romantic encounter with an asshole like Tay Diggs's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's an asshole, and I mean, like Glenn Powell's character has a has an incredible own of him right off the bat, which is basically like he's not interested in anything unless he feels like he's winning it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just he's just a series of antics wrapped it, in a child. Yeah, my last I don't know if you call this a complaint really, but like I f- I feel like watching this movie made me like secondhand outrage for like the poor treatment of assistants. Like it was like there's like a montage that opens a movie of like all these ridiculous things the assistants are forced to do, and I was just like feel my blood boiling just watching it. Are there no are there no HR departments? These people have no recourse. I think that's the world of personal assistants. I don't know. I mean, I occasionally I feel like I in my job I have to deal with the uh, the people that these assistants would be assistants for. Okay. Who think they can just treat everyone like garbage and like put their foot down and demand things and get them? And uh, yeah, they don't get it for me. But goddamn, are they a pain in the ass to deal with? So your feeling is because you wouldn't put up with this, these people shouldn't have to. No one should have to. Okay. I understand that you know the person's are your assistant; they're supposed to kind of you know be an assistant. But like, there's no excuse for treating someone poorly. Well, especially if they're not just organizing your work life but also your personal life mm-hmm. like the whole thing where it's like the Tate Diggs is like he drinks this like stupid like uh, juice cleanse or whatever and then he the, uh, Charlie asks him like oh do you want dinner and he's just like what the fuck like what are you an idiot for asking me that and then later on he wants dinner and he acts like an asshole about it like there's no where's my fucking dinner yeah 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 I mean I I, I don't know. I have, I've never been anyone's personal assistant. I, I assume that this is the unfortunate like nightmare that they deal with. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't I know mean, how I, you don't sue if you've been called pencil dick by your boss. But the, the whole firing the guy because he accidentally like brought you mail that included an invitation for your ex wife's wedding or something. You know, it's just like, uh, fuck off. Okay. Anyway, uh, should we get into general discussion about the movie? Yeah. Should I we mean, like? restate the concept of the movie in, in case people haven't gotten it probably i mean if you haven't this has been really confusing I mean, it's, it's a decent high concept it's like 
it's these two personal assistants have these kind of like horrible uptight bosses who just like dominate their lives. They have no free time because they're like waiting on these people hand and foot. And they're like, Hey, like they meet up and they're like, you know, Oh wow. We both have horrible bosses. What if we somehow got them together? If they were, if they got into a relationship, we'd have more free time to like live our own lives. And so they, they conspire to do that. And of course, ultimately end up falling in love with each other because that's how rom-coms work they have the work style like like i remember when i would watch the west wing in the 90s and i was always fascinated because everyone is just hanging the fuck out in the west wing like after midnight mm-hmm. and then they're all back at work before 6 a.m the next morning. i know i always watch these movies and i'm like how do you guys deal jesus yeah well i mean presumably uh speed. cocaine motherfucker <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean do you remember reading the Elizabeth Wurzel book about just like meeting the dealer in oh, the God. lobby of her publisher's office. <laughs> I think you, me and you are like the, the only two people who read more now again. <laughs> the book is fantastic. Find mm-hmm. it, find it, find it and bitch. Uh, but yeah, it's, she's on deadline. So she basically just literally moves into an empty office in her publisher's office, sleeps there, writes there, does Coke there as it should be. Um, yeah. So, Generally, like you said, it, it starts off this like montage of like shit tasks like, of personal systems. A pretty bleak collection of human suffering. Um, the one that was like trying too hard for me is the guy taking like business calls like while fucking his girlfriend. Yeah, that was that was a little much. Well, it's like this girl's not going to take this. <laughs> I mean, she's going to take it, but she's not going to take this. Um, like it's following like the guy who's like breaking up with his boss's girlfriend or whatever, but then just the devotion to your job that you have to essentially multitask like mm-hmm. so. Uh, yeah, having to deliver the boss's like urine sample to the doctor that was lovely. I mean, like to me, the the thing you need there is, I, I guess, what, who knows what it is, just a general medical thing. But like, if there's like a test of all, it's like the boss tells the uh, assistant, "I need your urine." I mean, that would have to be for like a drug test, right? Because other otherwise, what would be the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we meet like Zoe, or we meet Super Boss Lucy Liu. Uh, Zoe Deutsch has to stay late, has to order Boss like second dinners, you know, while getting in the steps for her boss on the uh, whatever the step counter thing is. Mm-hmm. It's got to wear like the Fitbit or whatever, and like run around adding up steps. Um, I wonder how much so, these like, people make. I feel like it's not much i feel like it's that weird movie math where it's like your apartment's way too nice for what you're well they, both, you're have, pulling in. they both have roommates so there's that even I mean, still like I, in new york and la rent come on i mean i guess people do this it's this it's this whole idea of like oh just do this for a year and you can get job anywhere you know yeah um i just want to say like so one of the dumb shows that i watch just to unwind is as elementary uh, with Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. Um, her fashion has gotten increasingly goddamn bonkers on that show, like Mandy Lyon slash Aria Montgomery, Montgomery bonkers. This season, um, she's wearing like just almost exclusively suits, like Humphrey Bogart suits, mm-hmm. like tight fitted tailored suits with like ties and like tie clips and stuff. It was kind of refreshing to see her and a different type of fashion. Um, I she, say that in my, in my she, notes because she's wearing a, in this first thing, she's wearing a necklace that looks like Jordy's visor from TNG, but sure. Is she an actual Watson on that show? I can't recall. Yeah. She's, she's like she's Jane Joan Watson, Watson or Joan Watson. Joan Watson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's nice about that is that 
she started off as like doctor who became like a silver companion after like the second season she transitioned to being like a full-on investigator like his understudy like basically yeah yeah but like more now she's like his actual partner mm-hmm. yeah does he still tell her to go get her service revolver every once in a while no sadly that that's the detail that i kind of wish they'd kept there's like a military background because i thought that was always kind of important i always loved it when sherlock would just be like watson bring your service revolver yeah we'll need it yeah anyway where are we at here uh i don't have the movie in front of me do you i don't okay well uh, no because it's on netflix i didn't download it so i can't like skim through it um but basically we we meet our two leads zoe deutsch as harper who works at, I think it's called the lineup is the name of this, uh, like sports website that Lucy Liu runs. She's, she's some sort of like Michelle Beadle type or something like that. Who's like a famous, like sports personality who went and started her own website. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, Harper here, Zoe Doyd, she, she's someone who watches sports videos at night while drinking and cries. Like she's, I don't know, really into sports, but she's, in, she's, she's stuck in being the, in a personal assistant. And like she wants to be a sports journalist, but she's never like, you know, made the move and actually started writing. She's invested in the meaning that sports gives to people. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, this like heroic journey when like, when they go and make a goal or whatever, it's like they've accomplished something and it makes her cry. Um, yeah, Tate Diggs is like, I think they mentioned that he's actually like in one of the chairs on like Shark Tank. They he's say he invented like, Shark Tank or something. Yeah, whatever. He's like a VC guy. Um, you figure that out because you start off with like Glenn Powell waiting outside some kind of frou-frou restaurant, members only club for him. Tate Diggs shows up after some kind of investor meeting dinner and says something to the effect of, I'll invest in that company when they learn how to dip their dicks in ink and do the Japanese symbol for horse shit. Or Which is it even point, a burn? Like, what does that even mean? Well, at this point, though, I was like, I have hope for this movie. I have hope for this character because I like Tate Diggs. But and you're went, way more into Tate Diggs in this movie than I am. Tate Diggs can get it, right? Somebody chime in here. Can't can Tate Diggs get it? I think so. I mean, in general, yes. In this movie, I fucking hated his character, and like, I, I feel like he was miscast. And okay. I, I mean, I don't know if it was the writing or the acting, but like, I was not feeling anything about this character. I'm all for it. Tate digs the mm-hmm. It's not this movie. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> wow. Tate digs. You've lost Benjamin light. You've lost that mm-hmm. crucial, crucial Benjamin light vote. I feel like it was way better in, in uh, go than in this. Like, go just, is, uh, go is a movie that I find that I appreciate more <laughs> as time passes. I just feel like he wasn't, he wasn't like leaning into it enough to just be like a, like a legendary bastard in this movie. You don't like think he, he was just, leaning into it enough? No, he just came off as kind of like this like petulant child, but he wasn't like, I don't know, there's that scene where he's like throwing stuff around at the glass window because he got like a wedding invitation from his ex-wife, and I just mm-hmm. wasn't buying it. I was just like, you're not, you're not like going completely nuts. You just are kind of acting like a baby, but not in like a hilarious way, just in kind of an annoying way. I would agree with not in a hilarious way. I would not be shocked if a character in that kind of lifestyle is a petulant baby man. I, I mean, it may be accurate, but I, I don't know. For the purposes was it, was of a romantic comedy, it wasn't enjoyable for me. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I want to say, like, I'm trying to remember the boss in Working Girl. 
And I thought she was kind of a shit too. I mean, these are like shit bosses. So I don't know. Um, so I, like, just, I just, I just kept wondering, like if you had, I don't know, like Isaiah Mustafa or something like that, or uh, like Jamie Foxx, like who else could have taken this role and just fucking owned it, you know, which I just, I don't think Tay Diggs has quite the range that this role requires, or it could just be the writing as well. Just isn't there. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I am fascinated with your 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 uh, bringing up Isaiah Mustafa. That would be very interesting. We absolutely need the Old Spice guy in this. <laughs> Wasn't he in that fucking like Shadowhunter show? Did he just get no cast idea. in something he, else? He's in the It sequel, I think. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure, yeah. I I didn't ever finish that movie. I watched like the first half and I was like, <clears throat> um, anyway, so Glenn Powell's thing, excuse me, is that he has like a 23 year old, like model girlfriend who, um, he's dating Shane Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that would be so interesting if they could like really play with what it would be like to date a Shane Mitchell. But I mean, that's a whole other movie. That's a whole other Netflix movie. Like, but but I feel like it in a totally artificial person in a good rom com with the 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 drive and the ambition. They would pull that off as just like a side story. But seemingly, this girlfriend who is a beautiful she's, model, who's she's like an insta ho or something. Yeah, she's her name is Suze. Um, I think it's Susie. Is just spelled Suze. Whatever she gets to bed like at a normal time. So when he gets off on work, because it's late hours, because he's dealing with a guy named Rick. Here's my biggest gripe with Rick's character. His, His name Rick. is Rick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless here's the only way you can salvage that for me: make his name full on Rick Casablanca. Then I'd be like, okay, okay, that's ballsy. That's stupid. I'm into it. Um, yeah. So like we see the first introduction of like. Glenn Powell wants to make time with his lady. She's already in bed. She's going to sleep. He's outside, like texting her, like I can wake you up with my penis, not with my penis. That's oh, gross, he's on the but... intercom. He's not texting. That's right. He's on the intercom. Sorry. Yeah. She's like, I'm in bed. Um. Sorry, Glenn Powell. Yeah. And then the homeless guy is just like, you can wake me up with your penis. There's always that's the movie is like. They like had the whiteboard and they're like, we need quirky characters to like comment on our characters' mm-hmm. emotional situations. It has no shortage of quirk. It's just the quirk doesn't work for me in this movie. Uh, is like, this where he, he goes home and we meet his roommate, Pete Davidson? That Pete Davidson scene is like totally just trying to service like here's who the characters are. We need to introduce this character and his whole vibe like as soon as possible. He's gay. Everyone, he's gay. And he's going to comment on his like best friend's love life. Mm-hmm. It's like there's like no other than like Glenn Powell taking his pants off in front of the fridge. There's like no, no there's nothing real in that scene. Well, I mean, the the best friends of the lead is a rom-com staple. Like each each lead character must have a best friend who they can kind of like huddle up with occasionally. Well, who is who is the best rom-com best friend to you? Oh, God, that's such a man. Wow. I don't yeah. even know. I mean. There's so many like notable figures who have inhabited that role. You've I mean, got, when Harry and Miss Sally, like, uh, what's his face, Bruno, Bruno Kirby, Bruno Kirby, and Carrie Fisher. I mean, that's a pretty solid one. Uh, how about how about D and her boyfriend, uh, whose name I can't remember, and Clueless. Okay, can't okay. remember that guy's name, but those are those Donald are based on in the uh, yeah. the incredible weird Republican woman who's running it's the for bomb. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those are two good friends. But I mean, like. 
These have been inhabited roles by like uh, Janine Garofalo, um, mm-hmm. that guy who's always hanging on to John Cusack movies for a while before he went on to be an entourage. Piven. Um, like people can make something of that role. I have never really been on the Pete Davidson train. Like because he's engaged in a mysterious relationship to Ariana Grande, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, let, me let me tell you this about Pete Davidson. I don't like this guy's fucking face. I was fine like a month ago, not knowing who this guy was. And now he's, he's just all over my Twitter with this fucking big dick energy. I did not ask for this guy. Mm. That's my feeling. On Pete Davidson. You don't want 10 inches of Pete Davidson. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of like something that might, might talk to me like on a, on a Sesame street spinoff, like as far as face wise. Um, they say he's a Muppet. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a weird tall Muppet energy to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's very tall. Like he's tall in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Like he's not like cool tall. He's like lanky, awkward tall. I mean, I guess the the rom com move is that you have your two leads and then you have your two supporting characters who are are also kind of in a romance. But this movie, they also had the bosses who are in the romance. So it's like I guess they couldn't do it three ways. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's three layer chess there. Mm-hmm. Um. So meanwhile, <laughs> like you have like that scene, like here's Glenn Powell's whole side world. Uh, Zoe Deutsch's side world is like she's the kind of girl who like chills on the couch drinking Stella with the label always carefully turned away from the camera. She's crying over college football teams on like YouTube videos or whatever or, or her laptop. And then a roommate comes back with her new her new boyfriend. No, it's not a new boyfriend. This, this I'm saying her. Her boyfriend that she's going to get engaged with in like five seconds. Yeah, I, sorry. I did not like the boyfriend. He's weird. He, He's going to be wearing the the girlfriend's skin within like six months. It, so it's like the whole thing where it's like, oh, the the boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, roommate and her boyfriend come home, and it's it's awkward because like, oh, didn't you like they mentioned somebody? It's like, didn't you, you know, pantomime? And he's like, oh, no, I know all about how she banged that one guy. I'm cool with it, whatever. And they go back to their room, and suddenly it's, like, shrieking from the bedroom because, and, like, uh, Zoe Deutsch runs in, like, what's going on? Oh, it's like, oh, he proposed. My top six moment, my top six moment right here is mm-hmm. Zoe Deutsch's first reaction is, but we're not old enough. But we're not old enough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's these little moments like that where you feel like you're you're getting the, the beating heart of the movie that doesn't always show up. But, um, no. yeah. This dude like proposed to her and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like of all the times and places you could propose to someone, it's in the middle of the night in a bedroom. Like, I don't know about that, man. Five seconds after you've had like a ha ha ha. My girlfriend is such an incredible, like storied slut. (laughs) Well, Uh, the roommate slash girlfriend, this guy is played by Meredith Hagner from search party. Um, I, I did like the like, bit where she's like, I said no. Like when she, when uh, Zoe Deutsch first comes in, it's a good little joke. Yeah. I like, I kind of like the roommate, the Meredith Hagner character. I feel like my, my, you know, another complaint would be like, if you go a little bit deeper, not necessarily into the psychology, but just with the characters of the Glenn Powell, Zoe Deutsch characters, I feel like this movie is better. Well, it, I think it, the, the, but we're not old enough. Like yeah. if you just like, oh, Hey, dig deeper into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and she's got, she kind of hints at a very interesting 
inner self. Um, I can't remember what she's talking about, but there's the one where she's like fixing a new science project for him. And she's kind of talking about herself a little bit or elsewhere. She's talking about how she's never actually been in a relationship. It's like, she's a very, yeah, she said she's never had a boyfriend, I think is what she said. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. When, when it's when they're drinking session where she kind of reveals it, like, and he's like, not even like a camp boyfriend. She's like, no. Yeah. And yeah, she does. So, she does have a golf guy. We'll get to later. Um, but yeah, so eventually we meet our characters. They have a meet cute when Zoe Deutsch orders food for her boss, and uh, Charlie here like just like snakes it by having cash to pay for it because like cash only, and she did she only had credit cards. Mm-hmm. I like the the truffle mac and cheese on top of the uh, burger to burger. make it more fancy. That's a nice move. Yeah. That kind of makes a, me want a hamburger now. I could go for a burger. Mm-hmm. Let's go get I'll one. meet you at Mel's after this. Um, okay. Yeah, so like it's kind of like I've, I kind of felt this scene because like she basically she's buying like late night dinner for her boss. She's bought dinner for herself because she's stuck at the office. And so the compromise, so you know that Glenn Powell's character is not a total asshole as he's stealing it, is he agrees to like, okay, I will take like one of the dinners to my boss and let you take the other meal to your boss. Um, and that's when you get the whole thing about like, well, he can't just have a, a regular hamburger. Like, mm-hmm. That's not fancy enough for him. What do you think of his, Rick- his pickle move there? Uh, I think you're setting up the Glenn Powell character pretty fairly. Like he's... Uh, He's a pencil. He's a he's a pickle dick. Um, he mm. he's like Rick has to have a pickle. I'm pickle like, dick. Ah. Yeah. yeah, fuck you. I I uh, I eat the I eat pickles. I eat the pickle. He has like a real weird like crazy smile on his face as the elevator's closing there, as he uh, bites into his pickle. He's just letting her know what kind of guy he is. I just want people to know that I'm pickled dick was the runner up for the title of this episode. <laughs> I think it's the first one now. I mean, I had I had written in people call me creepy Tim, but I think I'm pickled dick. Uh, go ahead and change that right now. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by those. I think so. Oh well, how about two in honor of last week's Everybody Wants Some? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I have in my. I don't want to play the movie on Netflix on my computer because I feel like it'll fuck with the bandwidth. But mm-hmm. um, Glenn Powell is totally going to lose Sue's. Sue's whatever. Well, she, he he has to organize a, a lunch date, which is really just them going to like say seats at some sort of like school play for his boss's kid. That kid seems like a nightmare. Um, Sue's is a nice girl. She texts him like pictures of her boobs, just or like like cleavage shots. She'd be like, "Hey, your friends miss you." Yeah. See, this uh, is where I feel like the movie missed an opportunity to to give us that like that that little moment of like, Hey, this guy, this guy, Charlie's actually a decent guy. Like if the, if the boss's kid, like actually, man, if the boss's kid liked him instead of hated him, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's another way to do it, but like, it seemed like there was an opportunity for them to like work something in to like, just hammer. Like, it's like, yes, this boss is an asshole, but this guy kind of seems like a cat. Like give us something. It's like, Oh yeah, he's actually a good dude. Here's, Here's how you do it too. You have him be an asshole, and then the kid has a concern, and he sits down, and he like listens to the kid, and he gives him advice, and they have a touching moment, and then like somebody walks up, and the kid pretends to be an asshole again because mm-hmm. like that's his vibe. Yeah, but like, but like when he's with the kid, he's like a good dude. Yeah, that's the way you do it. Um. So yeah. So eventually, that's, that's when, they 
this is when like because before when they'd had their little drinking session between Charlie and Harper, which Harper just seems like a fake rom com name, um, but that's fine. Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. Uh, uh, yeah, she has proposed the, the word to him. Harper never appears in my notes. Sorry. Yeah, she has proposed to him that they set their two annoying bosses up, and he's just like, whatever, not into it. But then after this latest diss of like just getting shit from his boss, and his boss is like checking out his girlfriend and whatnot, he's just like, okay, I'm in. So mm-hmm. they eventually plan to like try to like trap them in an elevator together, and they recruit uh, is it Tyson Burgess, I think is his name. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, as uh, Creepy Tim in this. Uh, he's like this weird maintenance guy who's going to like trap uh, the two bosses in the elevator. And of course, oops, it goes wrong because like this delivery dude gets in there who happens to be very claustrophobic and ends up like taking off all his clothes and pissing in some shot glasses. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. Uh, that guy's not bad. Like that that joke I should hate, but like I feel like he's... He's not bad. He just goes the, for it. Well, like the, just the uh, like when the elevator stops, and he's like, oh, my God, this is how it always starts in my nightmares. And I was like, yeah, that's that's relatable. I feel I like that. some movies might build up to the taking off the clothes, whereas this movie's like, no, we're going there right away. And then we're going past it to like pissing in the shot glasses, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, and, and like you said, like Lucy, this character is like, this is a real condition. Let's calm down. I'm not happy about this, but let's deal with this. And Tay Diggs is just like, stop getting undressed right now. I command it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titus character, it's like if you took his character from Kimmy Schmidt and like peeled off one sixteenth of it, like that is creepy Tim. Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, I don't even know, like maintenance guy. In the I, he's like the janitor or maintenance guy, something like that. Yeah. He yeah. was he was like bought off with like a weird plant because he likes. I can't remember. He has a whole bizarre philosophy about there's, things within things. It, this probably should have made my top five moments. There's a a moment where the uh, UPS guy is like taking off his clothes and his pants, and he's like opened up the box of shot glasses, and he's just like, "I need to pee." And like people in the elevator, are like, "Don't pee, don't pee." And then like uh, cut to the uh, the office where creepy Tim and. Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell are watching, and they're both just like, don't pee, don't pee. And then he's just like, pee. Because <laughs> he's into it, because he's creepy Tim. Well, because creepy Tim is like, after it's all over and they've exited the elevator, he's like, look, I'm not great at reading rooms, but even I can tell that was a success. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at one point she accidentally calls him creepy Tim. And it's yeah, yeah. like, oh, people call me creepy Tim. I love it. <laughs> Which I want to say there's a bit in the office, the show, where like they get stuck in the elevator for like 30 seconds and Dwight's like, I designate this the pee corner. <laughs> Which we're all thinking it. I mean, I'm probably thinking about cannibalism. Okay. I'm thinking about like, God forbid I have to pee. You're thinking mm-hmm. about like, I will eat you. Who will I eat first? Mm. You know, the movie, I never saw it, but that movie Devil would be a lot more interesting if you were in it. Hmm. Never saw it either. Just saw the trailers. You're just like it's a M Night Shyamalan joint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's either directed by him or produced it's like by produced, him. Produced, I think. You know what's? You know what's the worst credit in the English language is produced by M Night Shyamalan. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So what happens? They uh they have it's not exactly a meet cute for Kirsten and uh, Rick here. 
mm-hmm. then they eventually the their two assistants set it up so that they're going to run into each other at a Yankees game because they like sit right next to each other or like like one back of the other. And eventually Tay Diggs comes around to like sit next to Lucy Liu. Um, cause she kind of, it's like, oh, they're, they're both competitive and they like trash talking the umpire or the, you know, the batter, that sort of thing at Yankee oh. stadium. And I kept trying to decide if this was a really shot at Yankee stadium or not, or it's some sort of like blue screen trickeration. Uh, there is a, there's a bit that we forgot where the overdicking, the overdicking is not bad. It comes up later. Um, that's real. People overdick, overdick around, I, I think you should say, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, you should be careful. The you know <laughs> that overdicking energy. Um, there's a clip earlier in the movie where we actually see Lucy Liu like interviewing some sports guy as as she's a sports reporter, mm-hmm. and I love that she has the straightforward comment to this guy like, "If you guys could watch the ball as well as you're watching my tits right now, you'd be in the playoffs." So she's straightforward. Um, yeah. So I mean, Glenn Powell, I think he's got some good moments there with just when she's coming up with a plan before this sequence and she's like does rick have good yankees tickets and he's like no he watches from the bleachers like a common peasant of course he fucking does you know um yeah and and glenn powell's kind of the sourpuss guy uh compared to her you know like when she comes out of the gift shop and she's just awash in yankees paraphernalia and he's like why are you wearing that i'm not on the team i'm not going to wear the jersey i mean i don't wear scrubs when i go to the doctor's office I mean, uh, to me, this is the one demerit of uh, the Zoe Deutsch's character, Harper, is that she's a Yankees fan. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you what do you want her to be? It just it seems like she's watching college football earlier. Like she might be from a more midwestern or southern place. You know, like she's not a New York native, mm-hmm. and yet she's a Yankees fan, which is I. Kind of, I feel like the movies have taught me that literally nobody under the age of 25 is a New York native, right? Like from the age. Of no, like it's like she, she obviously moved here from somewhere else, but I think the movie is more going for, she's the, the generic lead, this rom-com who just loves literally all sports. I mean, I don't know. I guess people might be getting the impression that I'm saying that people who like the Yankees are terrible people. And that is correct. Hmm. I just hear you complaining about Zoe Deutsch and I won't have that. I won't have mm-hmm. that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tay Diggs, IRL, she's probably like a Dodgers fan, which is almost as bad, but you know, what are you going to do? Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go A's. Um, yeah. So there's like a whole kiss camp sequence here where they keep coming back to them to trying to give like the get Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu like the kiss more than just like a peck on the cheek. I kept expecting Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch to show up on the kiss cam. Mm, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a little too early. This movie really like. They play the long game with this romance. Like the ro- they don't kiss till the very end of the movie. You know, like it's not. Yeah. There is there's that kind of act two semi falling out type of moment, but it's not. Yeah. They're not romantic yet. It's more of just about like character at that point. Um, well, the movie takes that kind of tack. Where earlier after their meet cute, like he kind of negs her a little bit, telling her that he thought she was the janitor at one point. Which what mm-hmm. pal. Only in my fantasies is Zoe Deutsch the janitor. Um, yeah, so eventually, Lucy I mean, what Lou, do you think about that that kiss cam though? Like, could could you do that? Could you just like keep fucking putting people in kiss cam until you make them kiss? Well, I think the kiss cam guy has got the power of God there. Yeah, I'm sure. He just keeps like, cutting no, back to them over and over again. Fuck you! I'm cutting back. Well, like. The kiss cam is fascinating to me now as a concept because 
it's not just a dude who's like at a board like putting shit on the big cam it's like a series of camera people who are all in on it too mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. uh it's like a truman show sexy conspiracy yeah um i did like so the I- bit where uh like it cuts away from rick and kirsten there to like two men who kiss and oh, like yeah. they start booing and the guy's just like oh no i'm not booing for that reason just a different reason yeah yeah because <laughs> he starts booing and the people are like booing him people booing are like it, what yeah. the fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> which i enjoyed that moment good for mm-hmm. them um so eventually lucy lou and tay Diggs get together uh i i don't have the movie in front of me so my notes are kind of scattered shot um at one point lucy lou is coming back and she's talking about obliquely the sex and she's just like describing how gentle tay Diggs was but in a way where she could sense the strength like mm-hmm. when coco was petting that tiny kitten and just petting it and petting it and petting it that's a metaphor yeah so zoe eventually goes on a date with the dude from tinder well, they're going they to have, mini golfing they have free time now so charlie yeah. can go hang out with his awful girlfriend and she can go on she a date is- with golf guy yeah, and so Glenn Powell has a has a good non sequitur there, or a, a good double entendre there. With uh, okay, go on, let him win a few holes. Mm. she what's her line? She's like, "There's only one hole he's gonna win," or something like that. Yeah. And then she like realizes the entendre. Yeah, uh, and eventually the question comes up: uh, Should you poop at your significant other's apartment? And at what point in that relationship should you do it? Third date. Really, a third date poop. Mm-hmm. What are you basing that on? Why why the that's, third date? That's what feels right. Okay. That's, I mean that's that's like, the date where things are serious, you know. Are you saying you go longer? What if you're there on the second date and you're just like, oh no, you, you just that dinner you, turned on me. You sweat it out. You sweat it out? <laughs> <laughs> like you're George in India? Exactly. <laughs> you you take precautions. I want to show up with a camera as you're sweating out that mm-hmm. second day shit. <laughs> I want to see the shenanigans. It's you're like, you know, like maybe if I just pop open this window you, and you plan ahead, you plan ahead. So it's not an issue. Well, okay. I don't think you can always plan ahead for like a mystery poop. That's the whole point of the, the mystery surprise poop. And there's restaurants, you know, presumably you're getting dinner beforehand, whatever. Okay, so you're just like I am going to be in the restroom for I mean, if, if you're slightly too long. If you're doing the kind of typical courtship, you know, routine that you don't go back to the apartment till the third date. You know, if you're if what's you're typical, being, I don't know, classical or whatever. Third date's okay. like the uh, someone's making dinner for someone else's date. You're a very classical, like wholesome bro. Then mm-hmm. wholesome bro. I can't wait to hear about the next like second date where you're like, no, milady, tip of my fedora. I can't, I can't bed you on this date. Only, only at the <laughs> accumulation of our third, may I take you back to the workbench mm-hmm. and play my symphony of love. Mm. <laughs> and then afterwards, I will take the ye old victory shit <laughs> in your bathroom. <laughs> you better have some dude wipes. Dude wipes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I can't remember where in the movie this comes up, but I wrote down that question. Dude wipes. No. The uh, at what point? I want to say it's what Glenn is Powell's a character dude has wipe? never pooped. It's a wet wipe for your butthole. Hmm. And you call those dude wipes? 
there's a brand, there is a startup of a bunch of assholes who branded it as they have they have wet wipes for your butthole that they call dude wipes that are Google branded that. towards like assholes. Yep, it exists. Yep. Launched in 2012, received the 2013 Visionary Award at the Vision 2013 Consumer Products Conference. Yeah, mm-hmm. those things are absolutely destroying the uh, the pipes of major urban developments because oh, yeah. you're, not, you're not supposed to flush those fucking things. And number people, one, number two, and toilet paper. Uh, brace yourself, but just Google image search like shitbergs. <laughs> No, no. I'm not going to do that. It's like a beached whale of used refuse. (laughs) How do we start Um, talking about this? I want to say it's like Glenn Powell says he's never shit at Suze's apartment. Yeah, because he's she's just like she's so hot and like, you know, she's a model, whatever. It's like he's like afraid to be himself around his girlfriend, basically. I'm just saying at some point, obviously, you don't need to poop with the door open, but like you gotta be free to take a dump. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's 23. He's 28. I think it's established at one point. Yeah. Still an assistant. He's like all about getting the promotion. He's like, Mm -hmm. I just got to keep like putting up with my boss's bullshit and eventually I'll get the promotion. And then I can like have like stupid chats with these other like business bros who like hang out in my office and I won't be shunned by them. Well, here's the worst thing about the Glenn Powell character. I mean, like Zoe Deutsch, I get it. She dreams of being a writer. She's presumably never finished a single thing because everything she started has been terrible. That's her whole journey is to actually complete a first draft that she can then work on. But his thing is basically to get the promotion to then be what? Like a finance guy? I think he he just wants to be Rick. Not not necessarily the same asshole-ish person, but he wants to have that power, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sell dude wipes on Amazon. Are you gonna have some shipped over? No. Okay. I feel like these are just like um like baby wipes, but like twice as much probably. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they sell these fucking things at Target. You can find them anywhere. Don't buy dude wipes. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, depressing. The, the wet wipes for your butthole have been like around for. Oh, I mean, it's like like Charmin or whatever though, like. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a cool wet treat for your for your anus for wiping away shit if you're tired of mm-hmm. like sandpapering your ass, whatever. Uh, get a bidet. Uh, or just get a garden hose if you're that trash. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Benjamin Light leads the charge to getting the bidet. I just feel like our toilet technology is really, really ancient. That's true. Whatever the Japanese are doing, I want to do that to mm-hmm. my ass. Yeah, I want like a tsunami of freshness just blasting up there. Mm-hmm. Or what is it? Was it? Uh, was it Ronick Dan whose whole thing was that he dreamed of taking the perfect shit, where like no wiping was required? He claims to have taken the perfect shit. Ah, it's such bullshit! Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of Zen ass Kegel me- muscles does he think he has? Uh, you'd have to ask him. Anyway, um, so anyway, so they they at one point they have a debate. The two our two leads about whether they're doing the Serenity Bergerac or if you're a child born in the 80s like me, the Roxanne. He claims that they're doing the full on parent trapping. I don't think it's a parent trapping. I think it's, it's she is correct in calling him out on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Serenity or like a, in the Roxanne if you're an 80s kid. But yeah, um, she she has a great like drop 
knowledge there where there's two kinds of compliments for a woman. One, it's the things that she's already thinks about herself that she needs confirmed. Or two, the things that she thinks no one notices about her. Mm-hmm. The second one is the more important of the two. He comes in, like, there's like a fight at some point where he has, uh, where Rick has to come back to Kirsten's office and be like, I see you. And he just keeps repeating, I see you over and over again because that's what he was told to say. Was he's also, isn't he drunk? Maybe. I can't remember. I, I, I can never tell if he's drunk or just like being a child. There's a scene where he gets like really drunk and he finally kind of drops some of the a- asshole antics and he's just like telling the, uh, the Glenn Powell character, like, like you're a good guy. Like, you know, I take mm-hmm. advantage of you, but you're a decent, you're a decent guy. Yeah. Um, also, Zoe Deutsch's character has like an old timey typewriter beside her bed. Mm-hmm. As her face. I mean, the, I mean <laughs> the production <laughs> designer is like, I'm doing the best I can here. <laughs> yeah. I was you brought up an interesting point in my head in your comment there, your, your impression there. Who would have played these characters in the nineties or like the early two thousands? Uh, I mean, Zoe Deutsch is definitely Meg Ryan. Um, as I don't know, the dude was, is always less essential in these. So I don't know who Glenn Powell would be. Hmm. Um, this is like the eighties version then would be like Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan was nineties. Sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail addicted to love. Those are all the nineties. I don't remember Addicted to Love. It's I obviously, terrible. I feel like I've seen You've Got Mail more than I've ever seen Sleepless in Seattle. I have not seen either of those movies. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know that you need Sleepless in Seattle. You've Got Mail is like, uh, it's a certain kind of uh, experience that you need to go through at some point. Hmm. Tom Hanks at the end of that. Oh, boy. I mean, Joe versus Volcano is my personal favorite Meg Ryan Tom Hanks movie. Uh, I think of Christmas presents. That's one of the one I'm most proudest that I got you was way back when, really? way back when VHS of Joe versus Volcano. All right, yeah, I saw that uh, at the drive-in maybe or something. But yeah, I saw that in, in the theater. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great. where are we at? So moving into the the meat of this story, it's like they've they finally set their bosses up they set it up you know and their bosses are dating they have free time they can go on their own dates they're slowly getting to know each other better at the same time just by kind of like keeping the uh the boss romance going by like dropping little subtle hints here and there uh this is eventually going to culminate in like an engagement party for uh zoe deutsch's roommate Mm -hmm. that like well there's a joke that I think is so old, which is the frequenting a restaurant just for the like tortilla chips and salsa and water. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't work in 2018. That's old. Um, there's also this movie tried to get find me. It, it tried to find me. There's a cover of like big countries in a big country by Rogue Wave. Is there? It's like the movie? Yeah, I didn't there even is. Realize that huh. when she's making the the replacement science project because Tay Diggs trash is the one that Glenn Powell has been working on for the kid, which is when life gives you lemons, you use them to power lemonade and it becomes like magic milk XXL. Like as she's like talking to him about her, like her life to him and she's watching her make this project in a big country is playing. And I was like, okay, is I that, respect you. Is, yeah. is that before or after the engagement party sequence? It's before. Hmm, okay because the engagement party thing it's like 
First, she finally meets his roommate, Duncan, Pete fucking Davidson, and his weird dead eyes. Um, and it's like they hit it off, of course, because it's a movie. Um, oh, and- uh, yeah, Champagne and Flowers. Because they've sent them off to Nantucket. They sent Tate Eggs and, and, and uh, Lucy Little off to Nantucket. Um, the Pete Davidson has the only really moment where I love this character when he meets up with Glenn Powell's girlfriend and Glenn Powell's like, Duncan, you remember Sue's, don't you? And Duncan's like, yeah, I heard you were coming and I still showed up. Well, he does have one other good moment at some point earlier where it's, it's just like Glenn Powell's like home at the apartment. Pete Davidson's there. And he's just like, Hey man, your girlfriend sucks. <laughs> it's just like, like right to the point. Oh man. How many times have I had that conversation with somebody? Yeah. Uh, like one point, like Zoe Deutsch is like kind of trying to explain, you know, that she hasn't, she doesn't sleep with a lot of guys. She hasn't had a lot of great experiences. Well, this is one after, guy, after she's taken golf guy home, I think at, by the time we get to the, yeah, it's a party. big deal. She has to actually has him in her phone as golf guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a whole, that's a whole millennial thing that I find fascinating is how people's names will appear in a person's phone. Hmm. I mean, you know your fucking name. So, like, what we put in there is is kind of this like secret depiction of how we actually do, view you. Do you know what you are on my phone? I am terrified of what I. I'm probably just like Marco. Marco Sparks. There you go. Mm-hmm. People won't necessarily get why that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a millennial, but yeah. Um, I want to say you're in my phone as Benjo with like the smirky emoji, which I try to think you, you try to claim ownership of hmm. and maybe a water pistol. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, so she's claiming that, you know, she hasn't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut down on the 83% of silence here. Okay. <laughs> trying to get it down to at least 80. Not a super, but you know, I, I've started using the smart speed in my overcast app, so I never hear it. So sorry, everyone just use something like overcast or, some other podcast app that can cut out the silence and I'm playing. fascinated by the people who were just like, their life is so fast. They have to listen to the podcast, like on two times speed or whatever the hell those people exist. I mean, I can appreciate that. I have currently like nine podcasts just waiting in the queue. Mm-hmm. Half of which I'll probably never listen to like star Wars podcast. Yeah. I've definitely got at least one like three hour long Star Wars podcast. I downloaded that like, I don't even know why I do. It's like it's like oh, they're going to talk about solo. Yay! At some point, we'll can't have wait to, to hear back, the solo hot takes. We'll have to bring back Rito for a three-hour podcast where we just get into the sex you. life of every single character. Um. Anyway, so Zoe doesn't sleep with a lot of guys. Uh, she claims that she's had some bad experiences. One guy she slept with actually came out while inside of her. Mm. And this is all, there's some sort of thing where, like, she ends up going to a pool party that Glenn Powell is attending with his girlfriend. Like, it's not clear. He's, I can't remember why she's going there, but it's like she's going to go there. And then ultimately later, he's going to go with her to her engagement dinner because, like, golf guy just got like, ghosted. They're essentially Sunday funding this party where Glenn Powell is the plus one. He's got short shorts. Sue's. Yeah, well, he because because Sue's like short shorts. He's let Pete Davidson be his plus one, and Pete Davidson's made Zoe be his plus one, which mm-hmm. is how you do it. you do a train on a social train his, there. His girlfriend does the move where he's like wearing these sunglasses, and she just like takes them off. Well, she him. does the she does the thing where she like disapprovingly like no, 
these don't work for you. Mm -hmm. And then she puts them on for herself. Yeah. But like Zoe, Zoe, you know, I see you. She sees this. She's aware. And there's, there's a way where that can be cute. Like I'm stealing her sunglasses, but that was not the move. No, no. It was very much like a a judgmental. No, you don't get to wear these. Yeah. It's like they're in a podcast together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, you know, like Glenn Powell kind of grows a little bit of a sack and he's just like, he's like going to go with Zoe to her friend's engagement party, which is essentially has been her drive. She's trying to be the adult friend to her best friend who's just gotten engaged perhaps far too early in her life. And that was the whole drive of like, let's get the bosses set up because I need to fucking have this night off to go to my friend's engagement party. And she's super worried that golf guy won't come with her because, you know, I, I get the... I get the feeling of like, I would like the status. I would like to be able to at least show up at my friend's engagement party mm-hmm. with somebody on my arm and show that I have prospects. So Glenn Powell, like he feels that he's like, fuck it. Fuck what suits thinks. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to, you know, keep you company. We're good. Um, and then you, like, you get like Becca and her whole thing, the friend, the roommate who's getting engaged. And there's like, hints that there's something deeper that could be developed in the screenplay where her whole speech because she gives the speech rather than than her boyfriend slash fiance mike you know that you like because you love despite you like someone because of something but you love them despite of their flaws which i think there's some there's some truth in that like in a long-term relationship people have faults that are going to be just egregious to you and it's like how you live with that determines you know the the love livable the livable hatred that we call marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike, Mike's issues and this guy absolutely look, looks like he's fucked the sheep at some point in his life. But she says that his issues are that he dresses like a stepdad. He mm. listens to Creed, mm. but just the old stuff deal breaker. And whenever he hears a siren, he says, that's my ride. Oh, this guy. Yeah. He might be very low on my power rankings. I'm trying to think if it's even on mine. We'll find out. Mm hmm. Um, so then this is where Zoe Deutsch, I think they both get a little bit drunk and there's like a, they're dancing they're having fun. They, she decides that she wants pizza and she goes to tell her roommate like, Hey, we got to get out of here. Like, I love you. Your party's great, but there's no pizza here. And her roommate does the thing where she's like, Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. And then like, as soon as they leave, pizza shows up and it's like, mm-hmm. obviously the roommate senses the vibe and she's going to encourage that by like sending them on their way. She's wise. She's wise. I think a very understated like performance in this role. I mean, I think it's, it's a weird thing because I think they both have their bosses who need the, the romantic attention. So you don't get as much of the, the best friend and the roommate because of Mm -hmm. that, you know, like they're, they're Mm -hmm. a little bit short shrifted by that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say like, I think the Becca character does the most with the least. Mm hmm doing more than fucking mike that's for sure mm-hmm. uh, so they go get pizza they climb a, a fire escape into the dude's room is it her room yeah or no it's his room that's right it's um, his they yeah. so they go in the front door but they have to stop because uh the the roommate is playing, playing third eye blind. Blind. <laughs> he's playing how's it gonna be which apparently is his like fuck jam mm-hmm. it's it's no judgments yeah, it's rather than the the sock on the door. This is how he proclaims, "I am about, I am boning, I am, I am ten inches deep." Um, which, no judgment. Um, we're nineties kids, like about the third eye blind. I think you and I had joked at one point that our that 
the first script we wrote was set to like the first third eye blind album to the point where you could like just stop slap a sticker on that album and be like this is also the soundtrack to our movie it's good then. um i don't know if how's it gonna be would be my fuck jam though no mine would be god of wine obviously um uh, but god yeah of wine is good i'm uh i'm all about getting down to losing a whole year hmm, okay they go into the bedroom via the fire escape they eat some pizza they're just like oh my god this is like the best meal of my life i mean it's definitely i think we've all had that moment where like the food that like when you're really hungry and you finally obtain the food it tastes so much better Um, and in the words of glenn powell he says i don't mean it for it to sound like this but i'm going to fuck this pizza Mm -hmm. and they they start to have a little bit of a moment kind of just looking over at each other and smiling and she's just like yeah i gotta go you know, so she gets out of there and then we kind He's of feeling it too. Yeah. We enter our act three where pizza now. her, their two bosses like suddenly get engaged and they're going to get married. Uh, Zoe's desperate to not only like actually have a first draft of anything, but she really wants to do this geriatric Olympics story. Yeah. She has this whole kind of whole crisis where she realized that she's like never, the whole time she's been writing, she's never written anything. Or not, not the whole time she's been writing. The whole time she's been working for Kirsten, she's never actually written anything. And so mm-hmm. it's like maybe she sucks as a writer and she can't even complete like a single story. Uh, the engagement happens between the bosses and Rick tells uh, Glenn Powell that he's just like, oh, by the way, I'm going to need to help you. I need you to help me like cheat on uh, my future fiance with my ex-wife. Well, because he wants sent he wants him to send a note to the ex telling her that like ha 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 I'm gonna beat you to the altar by six weeks. Also, let's have like a celebratory power fuck. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Powell's like kind of creeped out, but he doesn't know what to do. Somehow or other, through some like some I don't know machinations, where like Zoe Deutsch has to like they're she's doing something to Glenn Powell, but then she has to like run back to get his credit card from his desk, and then she happens to answer the phone, and she hears like the boss and the ex-wife talking on the phone and she realizes that like, you know, Oh, the her, Glenn Powell's boss is going to cheat on her boss. And she's like, not cool with that. So they end up in also, a big old argument, buying a ring, a wedding ring, which who the fuck sends her assistant to get a wedding ring. I don't know. Well, I would say only the truly goddamn rich can get engaged pre ring. Yeah. Like, and then, and then just to be like casual about like, yo bro, here's my Amex, my Amex. I want a ring so big you see that shit from space. Yeah, just go buy a big ring. So they get they get in a big fight while like uh trying on rings, but it's like, oh no, they're not together. They're just they're having this like proxy fight between their two, you know, sides of the, the bosses there. Over. So yeah, the, she finds out that like Glenn Powell knew about the cheating. They throw in each other's face like their lack of ambition for whatever shit they're avoiding. Um, eventually, like like Zoe Deutsch goes to tell Lucy Liu like everything. Like this guy's an asshole. He's trying to cheat on you. She gets fired for that that truth bomb. Um, Glenn Powell, like all he's wanted was to have the free time and the promotion to like level up to fucking Sue's. So he finally takes her out to like a fancy fucking restaurant where he realizes that she only likes these like empty vacuous expensive things they never actually talk mm-hmm. he never poops at her place oh and she's um, just like she she says like oh it's the best meal i've ever had and he's just like oh right the best meal i ever had was with zoe deutsch eating some five dollar pizza instead of your boring ass you know well so he, there's a moment that like i i kind of 
where he gets up. He's like finally tells her that he gets up. He leaves. He like drops the credit card down on a power move. And he's just like, have whatever you want. And he walks away and then he comes back and he's like, what the fuck am I thinking? I'm not a Rockefeller. And he grabs his like credit card back. Mm. And I was like, oh, thank God. Um, so he's going to he's going to do the thing because Tate Diggs and Lucy Lou are about to like leave on the honeymoon or, or whatever. Leave for the wedding. Um, oh, before he does to, that, Zoe Deutsch has to go do her thing where she confronts her boss at like a, a bridal shower that she decided to attend. And she's just like, yo, that dude's terrible. Like uh, she, it's a rom-com thing where it all comes out wrong, like just to make her look bad instead of communicating her point and her boss fires her. Like I said, she gets fired for the truth bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls Zoe Deutsch and he's just like, we need to go to the airport, stop the wedding. Um, I'm into it, you know, also that's the cliche that we have to do in, in a rom-com. And then he kind of co- comedically realizes, oh wait, I've actually got four hours before their flight. So there's a scene that's like maybe my number seven top moment where he's like getting something to eat at a food truck in like New York and he's like talking to a tourist and she's like, oh, I'm considering going to the Met, but is it worth it? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, do you like stunningly beautiful art that makes you re-examine what it is to be human? Then yeah, it's worth it. And then he's just like, oh, fuck, look at the time. I've overdicked around because it's real. And he has to rush off. Like we get the movie scene where he has to rush off to the airport to make a big scene before somebody gets on a plane. And he's like calling up the balcony at his boss who's there with uh, Lucy Liu. And he's just like, I don't know if he ever actually comes out and says you cheated directly, but it's definitely implied in what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. and he's basically just like yo don't marry this guy he sucks like he doesn't know anything about you like you know I'll, he doesn't know your favorite food he doesn't know your favorite color or whatever you know it's like this dude like he's lame like you do better and her name's kirsten but he calls her tay Diggs calls her by his ex-wife's name which is kiki he accidentally calls her kiki at one point yeah it's it's but he he drops the thing where he's just like you're a fool to like let zoe deutsch go by the way because you know as long as i've known her even when she's complaining about you, she's actually talking about how great you are, which I kind of enjoy the movie. I want to praise the, the moment that I love in wedding crashers is when Owen Wilson. Wow. Does this thing where he's just like, I'm not saying marry me. I'm just saying, don't marry this asshole. <laughs> but yeah. So Lucy Liu is just like, Oh, right. You actually totally suck. you like, get lost asshole. Um, so they don't get married. Zoe Deutsch has been like just going to this like place that gives her free chips and salsa. And then like she never orders anything to like finally finish like a single article. And she finishes it and she goes back into her job to like get her shit after she got fired. And Lucy leaves there because she didn't go get married. And they have like a little mini heart to heart. And I would absolutely give Zoe Deutsch free chips and salsa for life. Um, well, Lucy has a great comment again there's like there's hints of like a weird fun character in her where she's just like you've crossed every line ever i generally considered setting you up for a white collar crime and leaving you to rot in jail and she offers the the job back the assistant job back to zoe deutsch and zoe deutsch is like thanks but no thanks like i'll never like advance as a writer if i'm just your assistant lucy lee respects that so obviously you know some good things on the horizon probably there. And then also I've been evicted from my New York apartment. Yeah, seriously. And then somehow or other, I think this is where like Rick shows up at Glenn Powell's like place and like, they like pour coffee on him and tell him he's an asshole. Yeah. He, he like, he wants to get back with his ex wife and they're just like, yeah, yeah. He, like, Glenn Powell's like, yeah, here's like 
you know, I have a file on her if you want it, but like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And then some other, they, cause he, he got fired as well. Of course, obviously Glenn Powell did. Um, mm. And that was after getting the big promotion that he felt shitty about. And now he's like back to just being a, like a temp or something. And I think is it, I think Lucy Liu has suggested that she's the one who sets it up so that they yeah, happen to run into each other. She Sierra note them. Somehow it never the building where they work. Somehow it never no, cuts to her like watching from a window. I was like waiting for that cut and it just didn't happen. Well, it's New York. She's not gonna be able to see them. Yeah, but, like, I mean, so, she could have been down in the lobby. I don't know. Like, I feel like we needed the one cut. The the thing is, too, we forgot to mention is that essentially because it's, it's a New York skyscraper, like whatever Rick's floor is, he's in the same building as the mm-hmm. Lucy Luke character. So that's how these two meet in the lobby for their meet cue. Yeah. Um, so like Glenn Powell tells Doy Deutsch, you know, she's not hard to get. She's hard to earn. She tells him that like he displayed a total lack of character when it mattered. And I was like so thankful for that, um, that he has the romantic and sexual personality of a seventh grader. And he kind of gets it that they, they're trash talking each other. They're trying to get to their like love despite moment mm-hmm. there and there and yet. So they kind of like trash talk each other a little bit. It's kind of cute. They finally kiss and a movie. Yeah, there's like a weird mid credit scene where like Titus is watching them on the security cameras. Yeah, and just being creepy to him. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. That's they kiss the, the pan up to New York and the movie ends. Yeah. All right. Well, make one change. It's essentially buried in all of our um our our complaints. That'd be my changes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean like there's not like a specific thing I would change. It's it's this movie. I like the care. I like the two main actors a lot. I don't think this movie is gonna be like that timeless romantic comedy that we're talking about, like in ten years. And I, I kind of want it to be for their sake, and I just, I don't feel it fully. I mean, I guess my one change, I, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like they could have given Charlie one moment somewhere in there to, to show us that, like, oh, this is actually a good guy. He's not just a cad who wants to be like his boss. Like he has some positive qualities. Like, I feel like he didn't quite get enough of that in the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, the first time you see him, he's like all about like fucking his suit, fucking Sue's. And like the second time that you deal with his relationship, she's like sending him like the cleavage shot. So for a while you think like that's his motivation. It's just like inserting his penis inside this like 23 year old supermodel. But then, like, he actually is, like, generally trying to, like, squeeze a romantic picnic date into the kids, like, play luncheon thing. Um, yeah, there, there could have been so much more of Charlie. That's the first time I said Charlie. Okay, cool. There you yeah. go. Well, let's see your power rankings. I have 10. I have 10 as well. I actually do have, okay, number 10. I actually do have Mike. He's my number 10. Yeah. His fiance is number 10. Me too. I just, man, what a loser. There's not a lot of characters here. Not really, no. What do you have for number nine? Uh, Creepy Tim. Wow. Okay. All the way down number nine. I had Susie at number nine. Uh, she was just, she sucked. Yeah, she's bad. Number eight. Uh, I have Suze there. Hmm. I had Golf Guy at number eight. This guy. Golf Guy doesn't make my list at all. Hmm. wonder who you have. But do you have like the waiter or something? Um, Golf Guy, like, I don't I guess he just ghosted. He was just like, he went to golf with Zoe Deutsch. He was charming enough to get a few second dates or whatever. They hooked up 
and then he just ghosts it. I don't know. Idiot. I don't get this guy at all. That's why yeah. he's not on my list. How how do you go on a date with Zoe Deutsch and be like, nah, I'm fine. Maybe yeah. a few more dates, maybe some sex, and then I'm done. Like either either your wife has actually been in a coma all this time and she's just woken up and that's why you can't accompany this this amazing woman to her friend's engagement party or you have been kidnapped by terrorists. Maybe he was intimidated by the idea of her being an actual sports fan and not like the uh, the fake sports fan that she describes. Yeah, I'm sure he has or some kind of yucky. Not fake sports fan, but the 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 male the male desire of a female sports fan, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, he had some yuck, yuck, yucks and respond to her any sports moments that make you cry. He probably responded with, I don't know, what do you sports people say? Like something like, like Pete Rose shit or whatever. Um, uh, you know, I passed Pete Rose when I was in Vegas. You passed Pete yeah, Rose walk, when you were in walked Vegas? right by him. Yeah, what a fucking sad piece what is of he like, just, that is. No, he, like he literally fucking goes and hangs out at this one place and signs autographs like every day. That is the most empty situation I can think of. Mm-hmm. Isn't he like the Oliver North of sports? <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't even know. That's that's quite a metaphor. Um, he, bet, he bet on baseball. The best thing that ever happened to Pete Rose is that he gets referenced on the rest of development. Mm-hmm. George Michael slid right in there like Pete Rose. What are we at? Seven? Uh, eight? No. Eight? Who, who do you have for eight? I had Sue's at eight. Okay, yeah, at golf guys. So he's your seven. Oh, my seven is UPS guy. Okay, yeah, I didn't have him on here, but yeah, that guy he he delivered. <laughs> he's genuine. Oh my god, y'all. <laughs> Got to pee. Uh, I had Rick at seven. I just I did not like Rick's character at all. I just okay. I don't know if it was the writing or the casting, but I just feel like that role, that character would have been and should have been different and better than he was okay six pete davidson okay. i don't like Duncan. Pete davidson's character too much um i don't know how i feel necessarily about pete davidson himself i've i don't really watch saturday Night live so i've only seen a few clips of him and he's been fine um Whatever. He's got a couple moments here. I mean, there might be like a really great Pete Davidson role at some point in the future. I could feel that. He's got a he's got a kind of a challenging, fun energy at times, but hmm. whatever. What, what kind of energy? Uh yeah. Um, anyways, I have a number it's, six. It's when he, he gets the uh, like, oh Suze, you were here and I came anyway. Like mm-hmm. there's the potential there. Um yeah. You're saying it's a certain sort of confidence. Like you could write a check for ten thousand dollars and you know it's in the bank. No, that's even that's like a weird BDE metaphor. No, I mean there's like a trolling energy. It's it's whatever. What's your number six? I feel like you're missing my joke, but my number six was Pete Davidson. Uh, Duncan is his character's name. No, so we have the same number six. Wow, weird. Um, my number five is Lucy Liu. I just feel mm. like Lucy Liu is an incredibly likable presence who is just barely given anything to do with this role. And she's, she's perfectly fine. I just don't have a full grasp on her character. Yeah. I had Becca, the roommate at number five. Um, yeah, she was fine. She did what she could with the material. Um, my number four is Tay Diggs because I like, I like Tay Diggs a lot. Um, I like some of his antics, as a just kind of absurdity of them uh, more than you did. Obviously I also flashback to uh, 
I don't know how I came across this years ago, whenever they were doing that show private practice, which somehow Tim Daly was like the lead over Tay Diggs. Tim Daly had some kind of weird web show. It was like Tim Daly hanging out with his son and like his friends would show up in different episodes. Tay Diggs shows up in an episode and the whole theme of this episode, I don't know how I came across and watched it was does Tay Diggs himself actually taste like chocolate? And it was this weird thing where Tay Diggs is watching is hanging out at Tim Daly's house with Tim Daly's son to watch football or something. And the whole time, like Tim Daly is trying to like lick Tay Diggs while the son is like, don't do that. Um, hmm. Somehow that was like flashing back like nom in my memory while watching this movie. So number four, Tay Diggs. He's the good drug dealer. Yeah, I had Kirsten number four. Um, okay. I like Lucy Liu. I feel like she is often a little bit typecast, but and really is in this movie. But in general, I like her. I feel like she had her little moments here and there. I feel like she's usually typecast, though, as somebody with power. She's typecast as the kind of mean ice queen, you know, just kind of like frigid, whatever, you know, all the the adjectives you can think of. She's just like she's scary and she's mean and she's, you know, sarcastic and bitter. You know, she's always that like she she rarely gets to have like a real sense of humor that's not like snide or kind of like insulting. Well, like I think about like even bit roles that I know that she's had, like uh, that Mel Gibson movie Payback. You know, at least then she was still a person who wielded power. She I mean, her like, her Joan Watson is very different. That's like the one time she's like, you know, not playing the the Ally McBeal character. Basically, have you seen that show? The I've seen like the first season. I think of it. Okay, I was I was um, out when Moriarty left. I was like, I'm done. I well, they bring her back very briefly later on in the show mm. i feel like they're always kind of hinting that she's she's waiting to return i mean mm-hmm. again it's natalie dormer how do you not I bend know. over backwards to put her in your show especially the way they use her anyway my number three is becca um just i like the i like the character i i feel like her character is the kind of signal throughout the movie that there is like a better second draft to all of this um that kind of focuses on more the zoe deutsch and the uh the glenn powell characters it's like you need to like chip away the ice and get into like more of their not humanity but whatever um i thought like for a character who's who's the kind of like the typical best friend she's she's hinting at something better for this movie than you necessarily get with the rest of it all right, I, I think had, our, our our twos and ones are pretty are pretty obvious. Maybe not because I had Charlie at number three. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finnegan, my man, a little bit of a cad. Could have used a little bit more, but uh, definitely very engaging, especially when he's on screen with Zoe Deutsch. Is this your style guide? Is this who like you want to emulate? You want to be like a Finnegan? Not really? No, not at all. I'm not like a suit wearing dude. Okay. What about what about just Glenn Powell in general? Like what about Finnegan? Like a, like a shirts guy? Not really what that character? either. No. Okay. What's your what, who is who is the bowling shirt wearing guy that you want to? <sighs> you and your bowling shirt thing. I do not wear bowling shirts. In the nineties, you did. Okay. Who's your I did not wear bowling shirt? shirts in nineties. I wore polyester shirts. Okay. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm so Big sorry. difference. Uh, 
the shirts that became eventually Tommy Bahama shirts. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm, so, I'm afraid you're incorrect once again. Who is your Who is your hoodie wearing like, hero? I have no idea. Okay. Um, yeah, my number two is Glenn Powell. Um, he's he's the, like the likable, fast talking guy who's a little bit dry, a little acidic, a little acerbic. Um, I've heard people talk about Glenn Powell, and I honestly didn't know who that was until we watched Everybody Wants Some. And like I said, like I I hated the first half hour of that movie, and then I started to really warm to that character and that actor mm. who was saying him. And same thing for here. I was like, I would not have remotely wanted to touch this movie, I think, despite my love for Zoe Deutsch, until I was like, okay, yeah, Glenn Powell, I, I have faith in this guy. And I think he's 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 good here. I think there is potentially a much better vehicle that can recognize Glenn Powell's strengths. All right. Uh, well, number two, I had Zoe Deutsch. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I had creepy Tim at number two. Interesting. Why number two? I just really enjoyed the character. Okay. P. That's, that's it. Just, you really yeah. enjoy the character. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I was waiting for more in there. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the fucking hell do you need it spelled out for you? Zoe yeah. Deutsch. She's she's perfect. I am I am so in on the Zoe Deutsch train. So I haven't when seen were you, yet. When were you in on Zoe Deutsch? Was it Vampire Academy? Yes, because I saw that in the theater. Huh. But did you um, know at the time were you going to the theater for Zoe Deutsch or was it just a magical experience where you saw this terrible movie in the theater but it starred Zoe Deutsch and you realize you're into her? It was it was it was a magical time in that movie. I went with a coworker. She had convinced me to read this stupid YA book. Mm. We were like, "Oh, there's going to be a movie." We went to go see it, and it was kind of like the living embodiment of that fucking Instagram stories filter, where dun 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 dun, and like the purple haze just kind of centered around her. And I was like, "Holy shit!" If I put my faith in her, she will carry me through this entire experience. Um, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's like Caroline in the City's daughter." She's great. And so I've been very, very uh, like like Emperor Palpatine. I've been watching her career of great interest since then. I haven't seen Flower yet. I'm super jazzed to see it. I just watched the trailer last night for The Year of Spectacular Men. I'm uh, kind of curious about that. She's like more of a secondary role. But um, I, I think she's an incredibly interesting archetype for like the main young actress in movies she kind of reminds me a little bit of sarah michelle geller in the sense that i couldn't buy her in a role as like say like a ditzy young person other other than like them making fun of that like whenever like like smg plays that kind of character like that stupid character like she's done with occasionally like on buffy or even in uh, like southland tales it's like it clearly comes off as like she's doing a a riff on that type of uh, version of a young woman. So I thought she was great. Um, I think there's like a much better vehicle for her out there. It seems like maybe flower might be that movie, but yeah, all in on the Zoe Deutsch train. What about you? I also had a number one. Yes. Charming. That's all I have. Well said. Mm -hmm. I think you covered it. Would you recommend this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's for all the reasons we've talked about. It's not. It's not perfect. It's not like a slam dunk. It's. It's. You're not going to waste your time with it necessarily. Um, there's better movies you could probably be watching, but yeah. 
Yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, I'd say this is a Netflix and chill movie, but like you don't really get to the romance till the very end of the movie. So maybe not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's worth watching. Like you said, I appreciate just the full on slow burn of that romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. Um, I have no idea what to watch next time. Um, do we need to pick something now or can we pick it later? We can always pick it later. I'm sure. How, where are we at in the mission impossible scale? That's uh, still a few weeks away. I think. Okay. I mean, I don't feel like I'm sure we'll see it, but I don't feel do like, Ant-Man. Uh, I would say, do you really want to like do a whole episode of Ant-Man? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. What you, what have you seen in the theater? By the way, I saw Sicario the other day. Uh, I, I haven't seen Sicario since, the uh, hereditary and Jurassic world. How bad is Jurassic World? It angered me. Okay, cool. I'm su- I'm amazed you're restrained. I feel like you would want to show up with like big I, balls. I tweet talk stormed about. about it. Okay. See my thoughts on Twitter. Benjamin underscore light. Yeah, okay. Um, Sicario is totally unnecessary movie. The Sicario 2. Day of the Water. Yeah, it's, it's a war movie meets a western. has a weird tonal problem. It changes main characters halfway through the movie. It's... Not bad. It's just dumb. It's unnecessary as fuck. Hmm. What's Emily Blunt doing right now? That's the movie I want to watch. Anyway. Okay. We'll figure out something. We'll tweet about it. Catch us on the flip side. Yeah. Word. Bye-bye.